2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
3: Chris Paul was once Steph Curry's biggest rival and biggest impediment to winning a title. Now, he'll hope Steph helps him win his first. Also, the Thunder added a Kentucky guard to go with their Kentucky guard and the Pelicans found the player with the best fit in the draft. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can not stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found it. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The NBA draft, of course, took center stage on Thursday night, but before any of the draftees took the stage, the Golden State Warriors stole the show because they traded For future Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, sending Jordan Poole to the Washington Wizards in one of the more startling trades that I can remember in the last few years because it raises a lot of questions about a lot of things, but it is also a fitting way to potentially put a button on this Warriors dynasty because they announced their arrival as contenders against the Clippers, against Chris Paul. Steph Curry versus Chris Paul was a terrific rivalry. Now they will be teammates. Cyrus Ansas from Lockdown Warriors joins me now. And Cyrus, you are nodding your head. We have come full circle on the Chris Paul, Steph Curry stuff. But let's start here. For the Warriors, the idea of getting off Jordan Poole makes sense. Why was Chris Paul the right asset to
0: acquire if you're going to do that? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't know if the, if we can call him the right asset, but but in terms of uh, the logic behind the move, it's you, you stated the most obvious, right? They wanted to move on from Jordan Poole. Uh, he, Jordan Poole is about to enter year one of a four year contract extension that pays him. It's either one twenty three or one hundred twenty seven million during that span. He was going to make on average about thirty plus million a year. That's a lot of money for a player uh, who, outside of his scoring average, regressed. Um, last year, uh, this is a player who, who pretty much no showed in the postseason. Yeah, uh, this is a player they couldn't that play him. they couldn't even play him. I mean, <clears throat> he was an absolute liability. And uh, this is a player who would oftentimes get under the skin of his teammates to the point where, again, Draymond Green punched him indefensible. I can't I'm not going to sit here and defend Draymond Green for doing that. But he also did annoy Stephen Curry to the point where Steph got ejected for a game this year, throwing a mouthpiece in the process because of Jordan Poole's uh, uh, antics on the court. And so it it wasn't working. The reason why they did this primarily was, so uh, by getting rid of Poole, and bringing in CP3, you know, you not only confirm that Draymond Green's going to come back, uh, that question has been put to rest. He's almost certainly going to come back. The question now is, how much are you paying him over these next three years? That's likely what the extension is going to be. But by doing this, this move, you might be able to get him to agree to sign for a little less. You also might be able to get Clay Thompson to agree to sign for a little less than maybe what he wants, right? But by making this trade... Um, you're basically telling your veterans, we did this for you. Now just do something for us. Take a little less money than than what you want. Um, besides that, uh, Chris Paul gives the Warriors the veteran backup point guard that they've wanted for years. The Warriors, for some reason, have been getting rejected year after year by veteran point guards like Gordon Dragic. Uh, like Patrick Beverly this last season, like Patty Mills. The Warriors have been wanting a, a, a backup point guard who's a veteran like that for years. Why? I don't know. That's that's a whole other question. But they finally got it in Chris Paul. What Chris Paul can do for the Warriors this year is help recruit other veterans uh, to minimum contracts because so, that's the, all the Warriors can do in terms of upgrading the roster is either make trades like they just did or signing uh, veterans to cheap deals. Um, and maybe Chris Paul helps with that. Uh, so I, I envision they got him partly for that reason. They got him to run the second unit um, because now with Kaminga and Moses Moody and those types of players, you at least have a veteran who can guide them, who can set them up. Um, and I believe Chris Paul is going to be owed $30 million next year. Uh, it's a team option. But if the, if the Warriors decide to to sign that option, you can then trade Chris Paul and get an asset back for that $30 million that you otherwise would not have any chance of, of using. That $30 million slot is just dead if you don't trade Paul because of this, uh, the Warriors being so far over the cap. So they got some options from this. Uh, they got a player that, if healthy, um, is a future Hall of Famer. I mean, we all know who Chris Paul is. So there are some positives, but I, I, as I said on, on the show earlier today with, in my emergency podcast— this does not translate to the Warriors immediately becoming world championship contenders again. Um, Chris Paul is not an earth-shaking move. And most importantly, the Warriors need size. Um, and nothing the Warriors did today addresses that issue. Uh, in a league where the average height for an NBA player is 6'7", um, the Warriors continue to look like a band of hobbits. And they need to do something about that. They're not winning a title if they continue this, this, this roster of diminutive stature.
3: It It is funny to me because we have had conversations on this show about Warriors fans wanting Steph Curry, pick and roll, Steph Curry, pick and roll. Yeah. And so what did the Warriors do? They went out and they got the best pick and roll point guard of the last 20 years to run pick and roll, presumably not with right. Steph Curry and certainly not with Steph Curry as the ball handler. Right. I'm, I'm glad that we can all find a little humor in that Cyrus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining the show, man. Thank you.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Golden State Warriors by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Warriors on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. (laughs) Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Thunder doubled down on their Kentucky backcourt. Before we get to that, we saw history in the first five picks of the NBA draft. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to Fandle.com slash locked on to join today. The Cincinnati Reds and Atlanta Braves begin a monster three-game series at Great American Ballpark. Oddsmakers are not buying into the 11-game win streak growing for the Reds. FanDuel has Cincinnati as home dogs disrespectful on the money line plus 136 so don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel official sports partner of major league baseball
2: if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast
3: NBA draft saw first in the top five picks, Amen and Asar Thompson went back to back at number four and number five. The Houston Rockets selected Amen, and the Detroit Pistons selected Asar. They became the first brothers to be drafted in the top five of the same draft since the ABA-NBA merger in 1976. The Thompsons also joined Lonzo and Lamelo Ball as the only brothers to both go in the top five in a draft in the modern era. LSU will be going to the Men's College World Series final after walking it off against Wake Forest on Thursday night. After Wake brought in their closer to face the leading home run hitter for LSU, Tommy White took the first pitch he saw and deposited it in the left field seats. LSU will face Florida in an all-SEC final. It will be a rematch of the 2017 finals that the Gators won for their first national title. Over on the professional diamond, the Minnesota Twins got their first complete game shutout in a really long time as they blanked the Red Sox.
1: The story of the day Thursday begins and ends with Joe Ryan throwing the Twins first complete game since Jose Barrios against the White Sox 1,841 days ago. It's the 12th nine inning complete game in MLB this season and 16th of any variety or any length. The 6-0 win kept a five and five home stand, which was at times hideous and at times uh, kind of inspiring-ish. Anyway, Korea and Buxton with first inning home runs, Buck adds one in the third, and that's all the support that Joe Ryan needed with 83 of his 112 pitches going for strikes. That's the most strikes since Scott Baker against the Dodgers back in 2011. On June 29th, he had 87 strikes. Detroit coming up next. Twins looking for revenge in Motown after the Tigers embarrassed the Twins taking three of four last weekend. The Twins, here's the stat you won't hear anywhere else. Twins lead MLB with 26 pinch hit plate appearances before the seventh inning. Next closest is Detroit with 21. Nobody else has more than 15. We'll catch you.
4: The Guardians got their first sweep of the season. Nearly three months of the entire 2023 season, the Cleveland Guardians finally have their first sweep of the year. They won three straight against the Oakland Athletics, a 6-1 victory on Thursday to finish the series out. They were able to spread it out late thanks to some rough relief pitching from the Oakland Athletics, but it did allow the Guardians to stay away from their best three relievers. No no Emmanuel Classe, no Sam Henches, no Trevor Steffen. They didn't even need a whole lot of hits to do it, and they were able to get by with the win without a great start from Logan Allen. The bullpen had to cover quite a bit of it. He did recover decently, but overall, finally a comfortable win for the Guardians and getting a sweep over a team they shouldn't have had a hard hard time with all season long. Every game up until now against the Athletics had been a one-run game. This finally wasn't. The Guardians finally get their first sweep of the season, and they did so overcoming kind of a rough start. So all good things for them as they head into the weekend facing Milwaukee Brewers. Stay tuned to Lockdown Guardians for more. And the Yankees got, got destroyed by the Mariners.
5: Domingo Herman needed a bounce back start. He looked terrible against the Red Sox on Friday, and he needed a big performance on Thursday night against the Seattle Mariners. He did not do that. I'm Stacy Gautzullius of Locked On Yankees, and Domingo Herman had probably the worst start of his career at this point. He gave up 10 runs. Now, the good news is he gave up all 10 runs. Score was 10 2, and the other pitchers held Seattle scoreless, and one of the other pitchers was Isaiah Kainer-Falefa, who also hit a home run to make it 10-2. So Isaiah Kainer-Falefa was doing his best Shohei Otani impression in this game. Overall, the series was positive. They won two out of three, but they ended it on a clunker. So we talk about that, and it's Fan Mail Friday on Locked on Yankees, so we get to answer your questions, so tune in.
3: The Oklahoma City Thunder have gotten a lot of good performances from Shea Gildish Alexander. So why not go to the Kentucky Well one more time? Did I just think of a new bourbon name? Kentucky Well? Anyway, Locked On Thunder host Ryland Styles discusses why the Thunder chose Kentucky guard Kasen Wallace with locked on to Jordan Black.
6: The question of the night is trading up for Casey Wallace, not a uh, that he isn't a standout player, but why do you trade up for a guy that would probably be available a little bit down in the draft? Tell us why you think it was that the thunder did this.
7: Well, it- the conventional thinking would say that he'd be available later on in the draft. Sources said that he was going to go top 10 no matter what. And the Thunder have been known to trade up to go get their guy, even if it's a little ambitious with the way the draft fell out. Last year, doing with Usman Jang, getting all the way up to 11 to go draft him. They obviously circle Kaysan Wallace as a guy that can really impact this team, especially defensively, and that's kind of their MO. They're going to be built on the defensive end of the floor. And so it's it's a interesting move. Sam Presti has been at draft day trade each year. Year since 2019, and that streak now continues another year. So, kind of status quo in OKC.
6: OK, status quo. So, how does he fit into this OKC roster?
7: You know, I, I think year one will be a bit of a learning curve. He'll, he'll have uh, the ability to get mentored by Luke Dort and, and be able to. Uh, you know learn from one of the best defenders in the nba dame lillard all these top scores called call, call Lou Dort, one of the best defenders in the league he gets mentored by him down the road i think that this actually makes his mentor Lou Dort dispendable at some point because he's one of the only large contracts that you can put into a trade for a bigger player once you get down the line with this core and start to make an all-in move so this could be some Lou Dort insurance here at number 10.
6: You mentioned his strengths on defense, but versatility—something a lot of people have talked about with Case—and how important will he be when it comes to shooting?
7: Especially as a guy who's going to plug into that second unit. And so, whenever you whenever you look at his secondary unit with a Thunder, he's going to be tasked with scoring the ball and, and setting players up. And so, he has to still remain in that point guard mold uh, on the offensive end whenever you know SGA and Josh Skiddy are off the floor.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Oklahoma City Thunder by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Thunder on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, why the New Orleans Pelicans found the best fit in the draft.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: It's often about talent with any draft, which team got the best talent. Sometimes that talent just fits a little bit better with the specific team that picks it, though, as Locked on Pelicans host Jake Madison points
6: out. Jake, Jordan Hawkins, a national champ. What I loved in listening to the broadcast is that he's compared to Ray Allen, a pretty good comp. If you ask me, what are the Pelicans getting in this first round draft pick?
8: look when you look at the first round of the draft right now I don't know if there's a better fit for a player than Jordan Hawkins to the New Orleans Pelicans this was a team that was second to last in three-point attempts last season they were 23rd in three-point makes they need more shooting and Jordan Hawkins is the best movement shooter in this draft in his sophomore season when he won a national title hit almost 40 percent of his threes but he's much more than just a catch and shoot kind of guy this is a movement shooter he can come off of a screen catch the ball square his shoulders up with the rim, turn, rise, fire, and makes them for a team that still has Zion Williamson on the team, Brandon Ingram on the team, CJ McCollum on the team. He's a guard that doesn't need to handle the ball. He just needs to get open, find his spots, catch the ball, shoot the ball, and space the court for those guys. And that's something that he does exceptionally well.
6: You mentioned some guys that have rumors swirling around them, Zion, um, being what we're talking about. Rumors that maybe the Pelicans were going to trade up. Tell us what you're hearing. Tell us what you know um, as this draft night carries on.
8: Yeah, you know, they were really interested in trying to acquire Scoot Henderson. That's a guy that they thought they could really build a franchise around. And with some questions around Zion Williamson, I think they really explored that sort of deal. Ultimately, nothing ended up happening and they were happy to stay at 14. They're still high on Zion. They're still high on Brandon Ingram. This was a team that was first in the Western Conference in December. I think they're happy to add a guy that contributes right now. You know, there was Cam Whitmore on the the board for the Pelicans here at 14. They could have swung for upside while i don't think jordan hawkins has some of the upside of some of the players you could have taken this is a team that's trying to compete right now to fight for a top four seed in the western conference and jordan hawkins is going to help them do that and i don't think you would have been able to say that about some of the other guys here on the uh, uh, available for them to draft
6: you mentioned how much new orleans needs shot makers how much from what you've seen of jordan hawkins at uconn is he ready to kind of be that guy uh for the pelicans
8: Yeah, you know, they made an assistant coaching hire during the offseason here, bringing in former Charlotte Hornets head coach James Borrego, and during Borrego's time in Charlotte, they ran a motion-based offense. So in the half court, when things slow down, you have guys flying all over the place, coming off screens, cutting, working off ball. That's what Jordan Hawkins is going to be able to do, whereas I don't know if it would have made sense if the Pelicans ran their isolation-heavy style of basketball last season. Coming this year with what they want to do and how they want to reach tool the offense I think Hawkins is gonna get minutes you know there were few guys I think that would be able to contribute right away for the Pelicans if they drafted someone at 14 which they did Hawkins is basically that guy this was almost a best-case scenario for New Orleans they were looking at you know potentially three players there four players and I think Hawkins in terms of fit makes the most sense so they feel okay maybe we didn't get our guy in scoot Henderson maybe didn't really shake up the roster but I think they look at this night and go okay we're gonna be a better team coming out of the draft than we were going in and that's all you're really looking to try and do
6: okay we talked about what he adds to the team what does New Orleans still need as the draft night carries on and the offseason continues
8: yeah they don't have any more picks and they don't have a ton of money to spend in free agency but adding shooting was like critical objective number one the second one is going to be rim protection and I'm sure they were eyeing Derek Lively the second the center out of Duke if he had fallen to the 14th spot went two picks before them at 12 to Dallas I think they want to add another rim protector I don't know if they really view Jonas Valanciunas as their center of the future that might be someone they look to move going forward maybe there's a trade that'll shake up the roster a little bit not as big is trading says I Williamson, but I think that's an area that they're going to look to upgrade.
3: And finally, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said he has some regrets over his handling of the Houston Astros Stein stealing scandal, admitting in a recent interview that granting immunity to the players was maybe not my best decision ever. File that under the no duh category. Manfred said he also regrets adding to the Fuhrer when he referred to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal during his 2020 interview with ESPN. This is good, this is good. Anything else the commissioner would like to get off his chest? No? Well, thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's podcast and make them your second listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on Monday, what is our way too early pick for the college football national champion? Yeah, it's almost that time. So at least until tomorrow, Stay Locked On Sports today.
2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
3: For more episodes of Locked On Sports Today, go to our video On Demand. Click on Sports at the top of your screen. There, you'll find past episodes of Locked On Sports Today, plus other Locked On shows On Demand.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, season.